Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast. This is a weekly interview show that is all about art, craft, and creativity. I produce it in the hope that it will help all of us live long and crafty lives. So let's get to it, folks. It's time to craft sanity. everyone. I'm back, finally. I apologize for my absence. As um, some of you know, if you check the blog, I've been working on a personal transformation. But you'll hear more about the fitness mission and all that stuff if you're interested um, during the after show, because I want to move right along to bring you an interview with Afia Ibomu. She is an author, certified holistic health counselor, entrepreneur, freelance journalist, and the re- now we're getting to the reason why I'm talking to her. She's a crochet artist and a fantastic one at that. When I heard about her book, Get Your Crochet On, Hip Hats and Cool Caps, and by now most of you have probably heard about her book too. The time I did this interview back in November had just come out, so I felt like I was really on the cutting edge. I apologize again for the delay. There's, it's really ridiculous. But her book is fantastic. And I have to say that even though I took a holiday break and I was busy losing weight. I was not so busy that I didn't crochet, especially before Christmas. I made a number of the hats from Afia's book, and I like all the books. Pretty much if it's a craft book, there's a good chance I'm going to like it. This book, I'd have to say, is in the category of love it. (laughs) Love this book. If you crochet, you'll like it, and if you want to learn how to crochet, this is a fantastic book as well because there's great directions in it and some great tips for putting elastic into hats to help them hold their shape. Because unlike knitting, as those of you who crochet know, sometimes when you crochet hats and garments, they, you just can't get that same give that you can create when you knit a fabric. And the cool thing is the publisher, they've been very patient with me because they're probably wondering, geez, what is she going to do? When is she, this podcast coming out? But they have agreed to donate a book to a lucky Craft Sanity listener. So after the interview, stick around and you'll hear how you can enter to win. And also uh, visit CraftSanity.com for a free pattern download from the book. So, all right, without further ado, let's get on with that interview. How did it all start? Did you grow up in Atlanta? Um, No, I am from St. Paul, Minnesota, born and raised. And uh, I lived in Florida for a while and I lived in Brooklyn for 10 years. And I've been in Atlanta for two years. But Brooklyn is where I started crocheting. And uh, my mother actually crocheted the entire time she was pregnant with me. Um, but then stopped as soon as I was born. I was the youngest of two girls, so she didn't really have much time after that. And um, But I, I come from a family of needlework artists. My grandmother is a wonderful seamstress, ridiculous, wonderful seamstress. And I have, um, you know, aunts and cousins who uh, crochet, needlepoint, knit, uh, so many things. But I was was taught how to crochet by a lady at uh, a job of mine, and I just caught on really quick. And as soon as I started making hats, people started asking for orders. So uh, that's kind of how my business grew from that point. And then I I started selling stuff at, like, arts, arts and crafts fairs and things like that throughout New York and also at stores boutiques throughout New York and the East Coast. And um, one day I was vending at um, a festival called Dance Africa in Brooklyn, and Common, the rapper, walked into my booth, 
and love my hats. And ever since that point, I think I've made him at least 100 hats, and that's not even exaggerated. Oh, wow. So, so he just calls you up when he needs a new oh, hat. Oh, my goodness, yes. He doesn't really wear crochet hats too much anymore, but um, when he was, I was making the majority of those. Uh, and he wore my hat in a video called The Light, and I also made something for Eric Badu in that video as well. Um, well, that's pretty exciting. It is. He introduced me to Eric Badu, and she's ordered some stuff from me before. She wore one of my hats on her album cover, Mama's Gun, uh, as well. That might have been like her third or fourth album. And uh, Music Soul Child, he's worn my stuff. Talib Kweli, Dead Prez. Uh, Dwayne Wiggins from Tony, Tony, Tony. So many people, so. Well, that's got to be just really, really, I mean, anytime you have anybody famous take an interest in in something you make by hand, it's got to be just fantastic. It is. And, you know, they really um, help to improve and improve my styles with their own creativity uh, as well because they would want certain colors, certain styles, and that helps to just improve my skills and my styles as well. As well as is um, having my stuff in stores, people would say, I want this hat that looks like this or that. So all of my clients have helped me uh, with my styles and my fashion. And uh, the one thing they said that they liked about my things were my color choices and combinations. So that just came from the ether. You know, that's just right, my, own, right. my own thing. And I really, really feel like color is such an important part in, in crocheting because it could just make one hat just a subtle hue can change the whole style of a hat you know and the whole vibe of a hat so so do you well let's let's back up too okay. um, you you got start how old were you when you started crocheting oh i don't know crocheting for about 20 10 years i should say so okay so you're real ser- you got real 20s. serious in your early 20s yeah my early 20s okay but this is kind of in you because your mom was crocheting as you yes. said when she was pregnant so yes. <laughs> kind of yes. kind of came you, you you got exposed to it when you were just in the womb you know exactly exactly <laughs> exactly and she her her uh, specialty is afghans and she reads patterns so she taught me how to read patterns um, I was just kind of making them up on my own, um, but she really taught me how to read patterns and make my hats look more professional, weaving the ends in and, you know, not make, letting things just kind of look kind of junky and stuff. So she really helped me with that. So would you say that you, right, right away you started making hats, or did you make everything when you first started? I started off making bags uh, huh. because there's just like two squares you put together and you put a strap on it, you know, um, that's how I started making, and those sold very well. Um, I was in New York, and I wanted some hats, and it was very hard for me to get that round right, you know, without it being a little peak at the top and mm-hmm. flatten out, so that took me a, a little while to get, but when I got it, uh, that was it, <laughs> that was it for well, me, I'd that became my specialty. You, you got it, you nailed it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, how how soon after you started crocheting? I mean, was it almost immediately that you started selling things? Yes, it was. I had friends who sold, and they're very just creative. I'm always around and blessed to be around so many creative people. So they were an inspiration, and we would sell things together and share booths and things like that. And, yes, I would say almost immediately I started selling things. Now, do you have other friends who crochet, or are you one of the few people in your group of crafty and creative friends that crochets? Many of my friends crochet. Okay, okay. Yeah, not everyone knows how to read a pattern, um, but they do crochet. Yeah. And, well, and I've taught some people how to crochet, too, and most of them learn how to crochet from me as well. Well, that's good. Well, And I know crochet is really making a 
a comeback um, where people are getting into it. I learned when I was about five, so I've always liked to crochet, but um, it's really refreshing to see that even some of the knitters are trying it now, so that's yeah. really fun. Yeah. Now, I, I, I had a, uh, a book signing yesterday, and they were teaching me how to knit. So oh, yeah. Fun. Yeah. So how's that going? It's going well. It's going really well. The book is being received well. Um, I had an interview on Good Day Atlanta when the book came out, and that made a big response. I did a book signing at Michael's in Atlanta, and that was great. I've been to New York so far. Now I'm here in Chicago. And then at the end of the month, I go to Philly and Detroit. Very cool. So when you were 22 and you started crocheting, what, what else was going on in your life? Like, what were you, were you a student, or had you... Um, did you go to school, go to college? I was. Um, I, I went to Florida A&M for two and a half years for engineering. Okay. Um, I didn't graduate. I dropped out, and my husband was my boyfriend at that time. Now my husband. Um, that's where I met him in Tallahassee, Florida. He um, he was a rapper, and he wanted to move to New York to you know get his rap dreams on. And my sister lived in New York, so he moved to New York, and then. Um, I was just kind of trying to find myself at that time. I was cooking. I was cooking. I'm a vegetarian. I've been a vegetarian for 16 years. And I was cooking at that time and catering uh, vegetarian desserts for health food stores around Brooklyn and at festivals. And crocheting just started as a hobby. Mm -hmm. And it just grew to uh, a business. Yeah. So it sounds like you've had that... um kind of entrepreneurial spirit in you as well because you were doing the vegetarian catering business yeah. and then the hat business. So it seems like you just have a knack for being able to come with an idea and figure out a way to market it. I do. And, you know, my husband really helps me on that because his, his mind is, is great. And he helps me with my marketing. He's just an inspiration as well, doing his own thing. He's, you know, a musician and a rapper, and he has a few albums out, but he's also... Um, an author as well. He has two books out. So he is an inspiration. So what kind of books does he write? He has written uh, an African name book. Okay. Um, and he wrote that when um, I was pregnant, trying to find my son's name. And um, we went to Africa. Um, I've been once and he's been a few times, but we went just on a real deep search for that. He's also wrote a book called The Art of Emceeing. Oh, okay. About rapping and yeah. helping young people learn how to rap and you know, how to think of a concept for a song and how to deal with the music industry as well, if that's what you want to do. So. Yeah, because it's a tough industry. Yeah. I know absolutely nothing about it, but I, I just, from my observations, it seems like it's pretty tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. So. Well, and what is your husband's name? Um, the name of his group is called Dead Prez, and he is Stickman of Dead Prez. Okay. It sounds like your husband's a great supporter of what you do. And how many children do you have now? One. One? Okay, boy or girl? Boy. Okay. He's five. His name is Itwela. Oh, wow. And that's a pretty, that's a wonderful name. And it's, it's an African name? Yes. It's okay. from Botswana. Oh, wow. Which is Setswana. Okay. And so what does it mean in African? It means to defend yourself. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, that's a good, good strong name. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So have you taught him to crochet yet? Um, no. He's just kind of running around the house. But he does like to make um, necklaces and things like that with my yarn and beads. So he's, he's pretty crafty and creative himself. Well, that's great. And it sounds like you're, you're, the fact that you're an artist uh, gives you some freedom to probably be at home with your yeah. son. And yeah. um, Do you just work out of a home studio? Um, yep, at home. My, my office is at home. Um, I'm also a health counselor, and I have my website up, so I, I do all of that as well. Okay, so you're a health counselor from home? Yes. Okay, so yeah. you work with um, clients that are... 
Mm-hmm. I, I'm not at the moment because I'm working on my second crochet book now, and this book just came out. Okay. Um, but I do have, like, vegetarian recipes on my site, as well as people can ask me health questions and stuff like that. And okay. next year, I'm going to be putting out um, uh, a vegan soul food cookbook and guide. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, so. you're just so creative. Thank you. How wonderful. That's just fabulous. My second book, The Get Your Crochet On, is going to be uh, Tops and Accessories. I, excellent. I was going to ask you, because I saw on the, some of the photos um, in your book, it looked like... Um, well, it looks like in the back on the back of the book in your um, author photo, it looks like you're wearing a crocheted yes. top, mm-hmm. and you can only see part of it. Right. <laughs> but, I'm like, right. but I'm like, man, I really wonder. You know, that looks like it's cool. You know, um, yes. but well, I'd like to talk a little bit about your design process. Okay. Um, now, when you're trying to come up with a new hat design, or a, you know, whether it's a top or accessory or whatever, how do you how do you do this? I mean, where do you start? Hmm. Do you pick well, your colors first, or do you sketch out a design? Well, for the first book, um, I was just inspired by Brooklyn, Brooklyn, because there's a lot of people with locks and rastas, and uh, they crochet, and they have their own sense of style. Brooklyn has its own sense of style that is very unique to Brooklyn. So that was an inspiration for me, and um, as well as old movies, like 70s movies. Like I, um, one had in my book, uh, Mellow Moods. I saw a hat very similar to that in some old black movie. I'm not sure what movie that was, but uh, I saw that hat. I was like, oh, my goodness, I love that hat. I must make it. <laughs> so, um, so I'm inspired by everything. I'm inspired by new fashions and styles. Um, entertainers, they definitely wear things that inspire me. And I will, for my hats, I kind of just make that up myself and in, in my head, you know, but for my tops and belt for this next book that I'm doing, I will get a, um, I'll get a shirt and I'll kind of take the measurements on that shirt and, and sketch it out and then try to make it from that point. I see. So you'll take things that you might have in your closet or something you see yes. and just make it into a um, kind of yes. a fiber-based fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, I mean, it sounds like you are just um, able to basically recreate anything you see because the in your book, uh, Get Your Crochet On, Hip Hats and Cool Caps, which when I got it, I just was like, oh, this is the book I've been waiting for. Okay. <laughs> because I think one of the things, and I don't know if you agree with this, but, I mean, there are so many knitting books out there, and I love knitting. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love knitting. But I think that if you like to crochet, mm-hmm. up until very recently, mm-hmm. the patterns for crochet, you know, th- those crocheters out there just were not. I mean, you probably, do you feel that way too? I definitely feel that way. I mean, that's what helped me to inspire, that inspired me to do this book. Yeah, because, because I mean, this book is so cool. And I think crocheting has this, for some reason, people still think, you know, that people are just, you know, if you crochet, it's got to be a little cozy for your toilet paper exactly. roll in your bathroom, you know. Exactly. Which there's nothing wrong with making those. But mm-hmm. I think they think crafts show at the school gym with an old lady sitting on the other side of the table and 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 just you know and 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 not saying that older women are not cool because Mm -hmm. they are you know Mm -hmm. but i just think the whole craft is totally underrated and people like you are fighting against that thank you (laughs) yeah i i this book really came from trying to find um books that would help improve my skills you know as well as styles that i feel like i would wear myself and I didn't see it at all. And I didn't see a book that um, represented myself and my peer group. So um, 
that really inspired me to kind of do a book myself. Right, because beyond just the whole knitting versus crochet thing, I think exactly. it is interesting. I mean, because I think also there's not a whole lot of diversity in the craft world. At least it's represented in mainstream mm-hmm. publications. Mm-hmm. So I think it's fabulous to see you come out as a black artist and basically put you know, black crafters on the map, you know, mm-hmm. because... Um, now, who did you look to? Like, when you are coming up the ranks as an artist in the craft world, do you have role models that are, you know, that, you know, people that you look to for inspiration? Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart, okay. Martha Stewart. I, I watch her show, I would say, almost every day. She actually inspired me because I was trying to make a pattern for the new book, um, A Fat Gold Chain, and... <laughs> it just wasn't coming out right. I was like, no, it, this is not it. This, it doesn't look like this. And I was watching her show one day, and she was talking about a lanyard, right? Right. Like, what is a lanyard? You know, she just started telling me, you know, how you fold the paper over each other, like two strips, and you fold it over each other. And I was like, yes, that's it. And that's how I made this uh, new design. So Awesome. Martha Stewart. And I really, she inspires me for her business sense as a woman, as well as her craft and cooking and Everything she does. So yeah, she's all mm-hmm. over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, do you have a favorite pattern in your hat book? Hmm. I would say it is two. I have two favorite ones: Mellow Moods and um, the Jam Pony, which are the ponytail rats. Yeah, those are pretty cool. I, th- I think, and I um, I haven't made I haven't made that yet. But I think that um, it's funny because I have um, I've said I went through a phase when in my mid twenties when I was like, oh yeah, I'm getting braids. You right. know? And some of my and I, <laughs> some of my colleagues were like, um, yeah, might not look the greatest <laughs> on you because you know I mean uh, white chicks with yeah. thin hair um, yeah. it just doesn't look as good yeah, as the sisters, you know. <laughs> yes, I feel you. <laughs> but, but it's just it doesn't stop some of them though, right? right? You know. Right, right. And then I think I saw Christina Aguilera or. Or maybe it was uh, Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them did, and maybe both. And I thought, mm, you know, maybe I won't. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> because I was just like, it just doesn't look the same. <laughs> right, right, right. Because, I mean, I think for me to see a black woman with these beautiful braids, um, and you could put this great wrap around it, the jam pony that you designed, to kind of hold the braids or the dreadlocks or whatever kind of design. Right. Um, Looks a little better, of course. And you, you could also it. just put your hair. In yeah, you have it. Ponytails. It looks like you have a woman that yes. has um, her hair just in ponytails. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, because um, yeah, I kind of laugh because it reminded me of my whole braid phase <laughs> right, that I went right. through. <laughs> well, I talk nonstop about it, and I actually went in a shop in town that does braids in Grand Rapids, and I went in. And I said, yeah, I'd like to, you know, kind of just find out like how much it would cost to get braids, you know. And these women kind of like were three women were like looking at my hair and like pulling sections of it out. And they're like, you know, um, it might not it might not work, you know. Right. And I'm like, well, okay, you know. So I kind of gave up the because I think it would have been a disaster. I mean, honestly, so. <laughs> they probably would have had to add some extension. Oh, they would have. Yeah, it would have yeah. been quite an ordeal. And I haven't completely ruled it out, but I just think that um, I'm going to have to be maybe on a Jamaican vacation or something, <laughs> right, you know, right, on the right, beach right, somewhere. Right. And you just got to find a style that fits your, you know, you. So yeah, and then that, and that would just style. be kind of like me thinking it's beautiful on on black women and wanting to do it myself. <laughs> and sometimes it just isn't enough, right? Right. <laughs> to make right, it look right. good. Mm-hmm. I mean, some women can cut, carry it off, but I don't know that I'm one of those. Okay. Women. <laughs> so anyway, but the jam pony. Maybe what I'll do is just make one and put it around my ponytail without getting right. Right. And that style was inspired because I have some leather. Um, 
ponytail holders just like that that I got at this um, indigenous uh, Native American style. Yeah, it's very Native American style. Yes, yeah. yes, and I always got compliments when I wore them, so I was like, I'm going to crochet those. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, they look really cool, and I think it's something, and I haven't seen that design. I mean, I've seen, um, you know, the leather version, you know, mm-hmm. but I have never seen um, anything crocheted like this. So you're clearly influenced by everything you see. Everything. Um, in my colors, I'm influenced by nature, mostly nature, and, well, no, I'll say everything around me, but definitely nature, the seasons. Sometimes I'll just go outside on my patio. And look outside and be like, what What are the colors out right now? And, and go upstairs and try to find yarn um, that matches the sky and the trees and the grass and the houses around me and kind of blend those colors together. Or um, if I see an advertisement that has bright, vibrant colors, I'll try to find, um, you know, yarn to match that or uh, an album cover, things like that. Anything around me, I'm like, wow, that's a great, you know, color blend. I'm going to get some yarn and I'll make a little swatch of yarn and keep that in a, a bucket I have. So if I do want to make something, I'll just use those colors. Oh, I see. So you'll make up a little sample, a little swatch, yes, yes. and then keep that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And so do you have a pretty big collection now of all your swatches that you made? I do, I do. Yeah. <laughs> How do you organize those? Um, I just put those in a little uh, plastic bin, but my yarn is organized by color uh, in my closet. I have them in bins, like yarn sources, and I have them organized by color, all the acrylic style yarns are by color, colorized from light to dark. And then I have sections in these pull-out bins for my cotton yarn, which are colorized from light to dark. And uh, what I did start putting like two sections, one for variegated yarn, because sometimes you can forget that you have those uh, blends, and then another section for the textured, um, sparkly and furry type yarn, because they can get kind of lost within the larger schemes, you know? Right, And right. then I have a, a bin for, like, crochet thread and nylon yarn. So all that is together. Wow. So would you say you have, I mean, how much yarn do you think you have? Oh, man, I don't even know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot, and I collect it. Thrift stores are my favorite place to find yarn. Um, I just found this thrift store not too far from my house, and they had, you know, I check all the time, and they don't always have it, and one day they had it, so it was like a whole basket full of yarn, and I bought all of it, because it was old school yarn with colors that you don't have today. Right. And, uh, so, you know, it just depends, or if it's a sale, I'll buy a whole bunch, because I know I'm going to use it at some point, so, it's a, I have a lot. I, I can't even imagine how much I have, but I have a lot, and, um, and I give it away, too, because I have... My mother and her friend are helping me to check the patterns for my second book, so I give them yarn to, you know, work those patterns and stuff. And I still have a closet full of yarn. You know, even though I'm sending them boxes of yarn, yeah. I still have a closet full of yarn. Well, I mean, the good thing is you're using it. It's your profession, yeah. Yeah. you know. So you, yeah. have a, you have a really great excuse. The rest of I us, do. <laughs> I don't have that professional excuse, you know. But, uh, well, it's not, I'm always so interested to hear, like, the design process and how people, like, work. Where do you normally... Do make your creations? Do you have a? Uh, do you always kind of hang out in the same place in your house, or do you take your projects everywhere you go? Um, I I do both, you know. Um, but when I'm designing, I, I usually do it in my office. Uh, we've been in Atlanta for two years, and before that, we were in Brooklyn, so we were kind of, everything was kind of small and compact, and it wasn't really the best space, in my opinion. But now I have my own office, and I bought my own chair and my desk, and all my yarn is there and organized. So I really love my office. But I'll take 
something that I'm working on wherever I go. Um, as well, as just, I have I had to buy big enough bags, cute bags, with big enough bags that I can wear as a purse, but also take my laptop if I need that and my yarn uh, with me. So if I'm sitting in the airport or you know standing in line uh, anywhere that I'm waiting, I can be crocheting. So when you crochet and you're designing, do you write down the pattern as you make something, or do you make something and then go back and figure and write down, look at it and try to write down the pattern from there? I write it down as I go. Okay. Because, you know, if, even if it doesn't come out exactly, I can go back and tweak little things. Right, but then there. you can recreate exactly what you did. Yes, and I used to just write it, you know, um, before I had a computer, but now I have my computer and I just type it in. Okay. As I go. Okay, so you really actually have your use yes. technology then as yes, you go. Yes, okay. Yes. Okay. Now, are there are there any kind of designing programs for for crocheters that, uh, or do you just it's just you typing in the the pattern? Yes, yeah, it's just me typing. Okay. In okay. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I'm on the page uh, Mellow Moods. Uh, okay. That you said that was one of your favorite hats as well, yes. the one on the cover. Yeah, yes. I actually that's the one I'm actually going to make next. I okay. made two. The other one on the cover, um, the young lady wearing the crocheted. Um, well, they're all crocheted. How ridiculous. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, the square biz hat yes. with the granny squares. Um, yes. I absolutely love granny squares. So I was like, okay, this one, I'm going to start with this one. And I, I uh, made um, two hats like this. Uh, I put he- ear flaps on them oh, okay. um, for my daughters okay, for, cool. um, so they can wear these as their winter hats. Mm-hmm. And um, they're surprisingly warm, even though there's holes for right. the granny squares. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what was the inspiration for the square biz hat? Um. Well, that name inspiration was from a Tina Marie song. Like, the majority of the hats in my book, um, the names came from reggae or hip-hop or R&B songs or just slang. So Mellow Moods, that is uh, a Bob Marley song and Nazi Dread and Soon Come and Talking Blues. Those are all Bob Marley song titles. Awesome. And Square Biz is a Tina Marie song title. And I wanted to do a Granny Square because that's a basic thing you learn how to crochet but I wanted to uh, just do a twist on that, you know, and uh, make it cute. Yeah, so. and it's really cute, and I think a lot of times granny squares have a uh, a bad name, you yes. know? Yes. You've been very hip, you yes. know? Yeah. Have you ever gotten a, a, a rapper or a, um, so a hip-hop artist to um, to wear a granny square on their head? <laughs> yes. He, uh, Common wore a granny square hat in his video, The Light. Okay. Yes, yes. And that's one thing I liked about him. He wasn't... Um, scared of style and to be creative. Uh, he really liked creative things, something new, something different that you wouldn't see anywhere else, made with different types of yarn, and so that was good. I love working with him. Well, one of the things that I, well, there's several things about your book that I really like, but um, one of the things that I really um, was impressed by is that the fact that you gave such great instructions for how to put elastic into hats, because I oh, think okay. that's something that when you knit, you can do like a ribbing, and there's easy ways to kind of shape a hat and give it, you know, just like the cuffs of your sleeves, you know, you can shape it. Mm-hmm. And it seems a lot easier and there's more give mm-hmm. to knitting than, you know, crocheting, mm-hmm. uh, crocheted um, fabric. So um, did, how did you come up with your elastic concept? Was this something that you learned from somebody or did you try to have to figure out, you know, kind of invent something here? Um, a friend of mine who sews, she actually came up with that idea to put elastic in it. Okay. And I was trying to weave over the elastic and I tried to crochet over it just a regular stitch over it but it wasn't covering it enough so then I was trying to weave it over it and that was just taking too much time and then so I just really tried to come up with a way to cover it and crochet it over it where it would be quick 
I like things to be quick. I don't really have a lot of patience. So <laughs> that's why I can't really knit too well because it's, it's, for me personally, it takes too long. It does take a lot longer than crocheting, yes. for sure. Yes, but that's why I like hats and things that are quick to make because um, I like instant gratification, you know. <laughs> um, so uh, it, what I did for the covering elastic is similar to, I would say, a puff stitch. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, it took me a little while. It took me a few months to really get that down. But I've been doing it for a long time, and it, it really keeps the shape of the hat, um, and you can keep it for years. I know people who've had their hats for like eight years, you know, and they still wear it, they still rock it, the elastic's still in it, and it still keeps its shape. So. Yeah, well, and that's that's the thing. Like, when you first make a hat, they probably, they, they fit pretty snugly, you know, yeah. but if you keep wearing it for, you know, just even a few weeks, it, mm-hmm. they stretch out. Mm-hmm. You know, and suddenly they're not as warm anymore because exactly. the wind's blowing up <laughs> exactly. the side of your hat, you know. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So that's a great concept, too. Um, uh, the other thing I thought was cool is that you don't recommend, that, I mean, you don't recommend any particular kind of, like, high-priced designer yarn. Mm-hmm. And I know that's something that, you know, a lot of books you pick up these days have, like, okay, you need, you know, 12 balls of xyz yarn that's right, so right. expensive where you go out and you want to buy a hat or make a hat and you mm-hmm. realize it's going to cost you 50 dollars exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know and a lot of people making things handmade i mean they don't have the money to exactly. i mean that's why a lot of people decide to make gifts for friends that are handmade because mm-hmm. they don't have the money to go mm-hmm. out and spend you know 80 bucks on a fantastic uh store-bought gift so right. um so what what is your philosophy as far as yarn goes it sounds like you said you, you like to go to thrift stores mm-hmm. and get it um what do you think about um the you know the folks that um you know advocate acrylic has a bad name <laughs> it does you know but personally like my own personal style and who I am I would say some people call me cheap but I would say I'm frugal you yeah. know <laughs> and, um, oh. you know so well, when I got your book let me just tell you that when I got your book and I paged through and I'm like this looks like acrylic yarn and I kind of you know went and so I looked to see like you're in the beginning you give a little bit of a rundown of like you know the, some of the you know the tools you need and all that mm-hmm. stuff and I'm looking at the piles of yarn and I'm like acrylic she's actually talking about acrylic <laughs> because for me I have this like huge bag of acrylic yarn because mm-hmm. when I was younger that's really I mean I didn't even go to specialty yarn stores I didn't even know really they existed right. until like my early 20s you know right. and I I realized like oh there's a whole new world of yarn out there and mm-hmm. now even like your um your you know Meyer store like some big chain stores have their craft aisle, you know. So right. you have groceries and then you have yarn. And a lot of it's acrylic, but they have all kinds of different kinds as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but so availability of cool yarns has really increased. But there's still the old standby acrylic yarn. Exactly. And, I, I mean, your designs look fantastic. And I don't think that, you know, I personally wouldn't be like, oh, it's acrylic. Right. Because I think, especially for kids and people that have irritation exactly. to mm-hmm. wool, mm-hmm. you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I thought that was really cool. But do you find that you're defending that a lot, your use of acry- acrylic? You know what? I heard something last night at a at a uh, at that uh, yarn party I went to, and one girl was like, "Yeah, this one girl, she's a yarn snob, you know, and you just use these basic yarns." And I was like, "Yeah, you know, I I didn't think about that, but I really wanted it to be where people could get the yarn, you know, because some people don't have the specialty yarn stores in their areas. All they have is Walmart." or Hobby Lobby, or whatever, and just like you said, they can't really afford it, and if you're a beginner, you don't want to spend $80 to make a hat, you know, um, you kind of just want to get the style down first, and I wanted to be like, uh, you can use those yarns and and just make the hat a whole new flavor, but you don't have to use those yarns to have a nice hat. Do you find that you work with acrylic most of the time? 
Um, I do, and I don't work with wool for hats because it's not good for African-American hair. Uh, it will pull our hair out. So that's why I don't use wool. <laughs> yeah, I can see why that would be a real problem. Yeah. Yes, so yeah. I don't really use wool for um, hats. Uh, but I do use cotton. I, I do use cotton. And um, and those, those they actually wash well. I wanted things to wash well, and it wasn't a hassle if you wanted to clean it and, and those kind of things. Right, that so your hats that you make simple. with acrylic, you just throw them in the wash. Yes, or? you can. Wow, yeah, and you can't do that with most designer yarn. You throw it in the wash, and you're going to be crying when you exactly. see what happens. It's like a big fuzz fur ball or <laughs> And it'll be a quarter of the size. Exactly, exactly. So yeah. I, I just want everything to be kind of easy and simple, and I want the designs to speak for themselves, and you could be creative and you know, funk it up however you Oh, sure. And people can substitute. I mean, exactly. if they really don't like acrylic, exactly. you know, that's fine. I mean, because they can take these patterns and use whatever else they want. Because you, what you do is you tell them, like you kind of, each, each direction kind of gives what weight of yarn. Yes. So somebody can easily substitute in yes. whatever they want. And mm-hmm. I just thought it was cool that you didn't, a lot of patterns these days are written with a particular brand mm-hmm. and dye lot of yarn. And I, I, what I really like about this book is you could pick it up and, you know, two weeks or ten years and still be able to make a really fantastic hat because you're not tied, it's not tied to any particular kind of yarn or right. you know, right. brand. So that's right. fantastic. So, um, so yeah, so I, I really impressed with your, um, your willingness to use acrylic. <laughs> oh. And I didn't really know that that was a big issue either, you know, because... Uh, At what point did you realize, I mean, when did people start saying stuff about acrylic to you? Um, really not till I went on the tour, yeah. you know, because in Brooklyn, you know, it's not a whole lot of specialty yarn stores, but I would go to one in specific called Smiley's, my favorite yarn store, because they still had acrylic, and then they had wool, and they had cotton, but they would have nice colors and very nice acrylic. Um, but still, they would have the basics as well, so I, I would blend those two. I, I have a tendency to blend yarn and you know, I just use whatever colors I like. And that's another thing, like certain colors you can only get in Red Heart, you know. So that would be another thing for me, too, is the color is, is my main focus more than So you're yarn, more loyal so. to, you, you want to seek out the best colors. You're not yes. going to be like a brand loyalist. Um, right, right. You right. know, Even you though want... I have my certain brands that I use, uh, I am about color. And I use certain brands because of their colors and their availability. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's it's great, and hopefully um, people will kind of loosen up about the whole acrylic thing, because it is kind of disappointing when you go into a, a yarn shop, and the only options are the high-end options. Exactly. Um, and I don't know if it's maybe they can't compete with the big box stores who buy, like, 50,000 skeins of mm-hmm. acrylic, you know, mm-hmm. and they just deliver the specialty stuff, but yeah, right. I, I think it's great. Well... As you um, have gone through this process of your first book, um, I guess I'm curious about how it came to be. How did you um, get um, the opportunity to write this book? Did you come up with a proposal and shop it around, or did someone see your a publisher get wind of what you were doing and see your designs and ask you to, uh, to okay. send in a proposal? Right. Well, I had eight patterns that I finished myself. A friend of mine took the photos and helped me do the layout. Actually, the girl who did the final layout for the whole book um, I met her in Brooklyn, wonderful graphic artist, Shannon Washington. She lives in um, California now. Uh, and she um, helped do the layout and all that. And I was determined to put the book out. It didn't matter if I was going to do it myself or if I was going to get a published deal. Um, I first tried to, after I finished the first eight patterns and had the layout and all of that, um, a friend of mine helped me write a proposal. And he wasn't um, a literary proposal writer. He was like a business proposal writer. But okay. he helped me, uh, nevertheless, do the best we could. 
and I sent those proposals out to different places. And some people just said no, some people didn't respond, some people said um, it's not in our printing schedule, that kind of thing. And then, uh, so that was like, I'm not sure what, what year that was, but I know it was like the end of a year. And then, um, so I said I was going to wait until June, right, for all my responses and whatever's going to happen. And if I don't hear anything, I'm going to do it myself. Mm -hmm. So a friend of mine had a summer internship at a literary agency. And she hooked me up with my agent, um, Regina Brooks, who's wonderful. And she helped me to get um, a publishing deal for the book. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, so it sounds like it took a little bit, but it you did. stuck with it. It did, it did. And I just was, I knew I wanted to put it out. I knew it needed to go out. I wasn't sure, you know, how that was going to happen at all, at all. So things just kind of fell into place when it was time. Yeah, well, it's it's fabulous. I really, I love it, and I love the fact that, you know, there are, there's, you know, you you are filling gap. I haven't seen any other books like this. Some of these styles are just, they're edgy, and they're they're cool, and, you know, I, I just I just think that it's, it's inspirational, too, to just be able to see all the, um, from everything from, like, a newsboy-style hat to mm -hmm. um, wraps for your hair. Mm -hmm. um, the, I thought the bun, um, and I don't, what do you call them, bunnies, I think yes. is the pattern name. Yes. And they go over, um, you can put your hair up in it, and mm -hmm. that's elastic, so it would hold. I haven't made one of these yes. yet, but I think it's just really cool. I can see, like, even... Um, little ballerinas. Yes, yep, yep. <laughs> you now wearing mm -hmm. these things. Mm -hmm. And um, do you have a design in here that sold really well for you? Uh, the Kinky Reggae sold very well. Um, the Soldier sold very well. Anything with a brim or a bib sells very well. Yeah. Um, and the head wrap, because that's something that people don't really see. Yeah, and you don't, there's not a whole lot of places to buy a crocheted wrap. You know, I got that design from, they sell head wraps in beauty supply stores. They're just basic little nylon head wraps. Mm -hmm. And I use that as my pattern. Okay, to kind of get the shape and everything. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, well, it's fantastic. And yeah. Now, when you make these hats, are you still finding that you have time to make hats to sell? Um, I do. I have some to sell on my site. Um, but I haven't made a lot recently. Okay. I try to make a lot and then you know, let those sell and then make some more, you know. But now I'm, I'm making tops and earrings and stuff for the next book, so that's kind of my focus Oh, right earrings, now. how yeah. fantastic. I, the first book, this next book, I'm so, I love my first book, but the second book is going to be so different and new and fresh that I can't wait till that one comes out. Well, do you have a target date of when that will be out? I think it'll be out around the same time next year. Okay. It's well, I can't wait. Ever. I can't wait for this. <laughs> I am very excited that you're doing a second book and um, that far along in it. Um, how much do you sell your hats for, typically? Um, they range from about 35 to about $65. Okay. And do you find that, it, is it, obviously if someone's like um, a wealthy rapper <laughs> or artist, recording artist, they have the money for that. But right. do you find that sometimes people look at a hat and they're like, okay, this is crocheted, so they think, it, just assume it's going to be very cheap? Yes, I do. And that's another reason that motivated me to do the book, because... I wanted to be able to make money still from crocheting, but not have to rely on just selling hats. Okay. Um, because that exactly that same, you know, idea, you know, and it, it depends on the person. Some people are just fashionistas, and they don't care how much things cost. And some people are like, $35? I'm like, the yarn is costing, you know, at least $10 or something, you know, then my time or whatever into right, that. Right. So um, that became an issue for me just as my sole business. So the book kind of came from that too. 
Now, when at the height of your crocheting, uh, now obviously you're doing design work as well. But when you were crocheting and your main focus was selling hats, and that's how you were trying to, you know, generate some uh, income. Mm-hmm. How many hats would you make in a day? Oh man, <laughs> I would make at least three hats a day. Wow. Yeah, that's I'm a lot. Fast, how fast? How many? Do you have no ever have any idea how many stitches? A I minute? don't, and I need to find that out because everyone's like, "You are the fastest crocheter," uh, you know. Um, so I, I should find that out. So. Yeah, you might want to. You might be able to give uh, some of those record holders a run for their money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you teach classes as well? No, not right now. Yeah. Do you plan? Do you want to do that at some point? Maybe so. Maybe yeah. so. Um, Really, after I, I finish the second book, my focus is going to be more on health, okay. on health books. But I do know I want to do more crochet books. Definitely, I have ideas for about ten more books. So, yeah. you know, there will be more books coming. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, it's just um, just a great book. It's different, like I said, than other books out there. And um, what kind of response have you gotten on your tour so far? A great response. People are saying the same thing. You are like, there's nothing out there like this. I love these styles. Um, it's easy to use. And, and I, I really feel good about that because I really worked hard in trying to make the style simple as well as the book easy to follow. Because when I would read certain pattern books, I'd be like, huh, I don't know what you're talking about, and I need to see what that looks like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. I try to add instructional photos for those points that would make me say, do I really know what this means, or do I really can I really picture this? Right. So I'll try to add those photos to help you along too. And that is key because sometimes all you need is a little photo to exactly. kind exactly. of. Oh yeah, that's what I'm supposed to do. Exactly, exactly. So who is showing up at your signings? What it's kind a, of what kind of um, crowd is coming out for this? It's such a mix of a crowd. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, older um, white ladies will come and say, "I saw you on the show." I'm like, "Wow!" And you wanted to come and get my book? Okay. <laughs> and then um, little kids, little kids will say, "Oh, cool!" You know, I crochet and um, African American women mostly um, will come as well. So it's a mix. It's a nice mix. Well, and I one of the things that's that's really cool to see. Oh, and I just flipped to the back of the book, and I can see. I like. I think I saw the whole outfit somewhere. And yeah, in the back, inside the back page, you can see your whole top that you made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I said earlier that you can only see a part of it. But if I look inside the back cover, <laughs> oh goodness. Well, I think um, getting back to your your t- description of who shows up at your mm-hmm. signings, and that's really great to see that. You know, everybody is is buying into this, and everybody likes it. You know, yeah. it's not just because um, I'm sure you didn't write this just for black female yeah. uh, crafters. You know, um, but the, at the same time, though, it's great for other black female crafters to have a role model. You know, because if you look at if you go to your local yarn shop and you see a, um, only white grandmas in the aisle, then a little girl might not you know might not see herself having a future as a crochet designer. Yeah. You know, and now. Um, you know, there's because um, there are no. I, I'm, I'm just not aware of a lot of authors of books mm-hmm. like this. Um, that it's you know, th- so it's great to have um, have you join the scene. And you've been on the scene for a while, but now people know about you. Yeah. So that's great. How do you feel about that? Your role as far as being a role model for other young crafters. Hmm. I feel good. I guess I didn't do it to be a role model, but I just knew it wasn't there. Right. There was a gap, and it needed to be done. Um, you know, so it feels good, it's exciting. I feel blessed and honored at the same time because I know that these 
designs and things that I do, I don't know where it comes from. It just comes from inside me, you know, um, and, and my color choices and all that just come from who I am, and, and I just give thanks that I can share that. Yeah, and well, I'm, I'm thankful too because I, I really love the work you do, and I'll be excited to see your second book. And so it sounds like you have, um, so you have your second book coming out, and um, are there any other any other things we might see you, your work in? Are, are you, do you have any other um, projects, you know, crochet-related projects underway? Um, not at the moment. Right now my focus is the book and getting it finished. Uh, I'm already behind, but soon it will be in, you know. So <laughs> that is my focus is just getting, because this book was, a little bit more difficult because it's top, so you have to do every size and make sure the sizing is correct. And, right. Well, know. and there and tops take longer than hats, probably yes. for the most part. Definitely, definitely. And this is uh, there's gonna be more patterns. There's gonna be thirty patterns. The first book was twenty patterns. So. And, yeah. and what kind of styles are? Is it gonna be a, a a vast variety, or is it one set style, or what? What do you? Um, it's a variety, a variety of tunics and tank tops and halter tops and earrings and a few different belts like the wide belts that are in right now and uh, jewelry bracelets uh, necklaces things like that and that, does the jewelry have any kind of bead work on it or is it all crocheted no, it's all crocheted that's awesome I haven't got into the bead work my mother says it all the time you that beads I'm like I'm not ready for that. <laughs> well, I think it's kind of cool. Um, I just saw a knitted design recently that had, it was like a knitted um, I-cord thing with like beads knitted right into it. And it was mm-hmm. fabulous. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking, wow, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And it's um, comfortable jewelry because it's not going to, you know, it's soft. Right, right. <laughs> so it's kind of great. And I thought it's great for kids too. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, do you have advice for other um, designers out there, uh, the up and coming, you know, crocheters out there? Um, if they're trying to get into pattern writing, um, what kind of advice do you have for how to kind of get into that? Hmm. I would say learn how to read a pattern. A lot of people don't know how to read a pattern, so really focus on learning how to read a pattern and and be creative, you know, kind of just step out the box and, and trust yourself in your own fashion sense. Yeah. That's what I would say. Yeah, and it's, and it's just, I mean, kind of, I guess, write your own style. You yes, know? yes, yes. Do you wear crocheted hats a lot? Um, I did when I lived in New York, and I'm in Atlanta now, so it's not as, you know, cold there, but I do in the winter. I yeah. Think. And do you find that people try to, have you ever sold a hat right off your head before? No. no. But they'll say, where'd you get that hat? Uh, you know, I'm like, hey, I, I sell them. I made this myself. You know, you can get it for me. So. Yeah. How many hats do you think you've made? Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, hmm, a lot. In my mind, what immediately came up was a thousand. A thousand? But um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure because when I was really in my heyday of hat making, it was so many, so many, so many, so many. And were you selling them through the web or were you going to shows? I was going to shows and I was selling them in stores as well. And so do you still have designs in stores? I don't, not at the moment. Okay. But if one of your rapper friends called you up, of course, <laughs> you'll, you'll make them a hat, right? Definitely, 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 definitely. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm kind of more of a specialty person now. You know, certain people call me, I'll make something. Um, but the custom making business was just a lot. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of people come up with 
just elaborate designs of their name, you know. Uh, oh, really? You would crochet people's name into uh, their... No, but they wanted Oh, they wanted you to. Because <laughs> I was going to say, that would be so hard to do. Exactly. So, you know, they come up with these designs that they just have created in their mind. By, probably to, by next week, you know. Exactly. And then Thomas you'll be like, that'll be $10,000, exactly. please. <laughs> you know, so that kind of thing just became a little stressful in that sense. So I kind of had basic styles. And the book came with, like, my basic, most popular styles. And that people like, you know, and that you can just switch up in different colors and sizes. And I was like, oh, okay, these are the styles I have, and this is what you can choose from, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Well, was it, did you hesitate at all when you, I mean, because you've been, you know, selling hats um, and some of the hats, some of the same designs that are in your book, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. You've been selling those. Mm-hmm. Now, did you find that um, when it came to the point where you're writing your book um, and you're thinking, okay, this, this is my style, these are my designs, and now I'm releasing them to the world. They won't mm-hmm. be secret anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, did you have any reservations about that? Um, I didn't, but people around me definitely. Oh, <laughs> people around you did. <laughs> like, you shouldn't sell it. You should patent it. You should, uh, you know, all these things. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> you know, but I, you know, I was like, hey, man, you know, you can get it from me if you choose. Because, you know, another thing is everyone has their own style of crochet. Oh, Even if sure. they make the same exact pattern, uh-huh. it will not look exactly the same. So I feel like I have my own touch. So even if you get it from someone else, you're not going to have mine. You know, so that kind of thing. And, I, you know, I thought about it. I thought about a lot of different ways to do it, but I felt like this was the best way for me to do it. Yeah. Well, and it still way. puts your designs out there. And it, yeah. if anything, it probably expands your your uh, market a little bit because, I mean, yeah. people um, hear about you that didn't hear about you before, and yeah. you uh, you decided that you want to go back to selling hats uh, mm-hmm. on a full-time basis. I'm mm-hmm. sure people would want them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, my goal is to be more like a Martha Stewart. Oh, yeah. You know, um, and just to have that information for people and make it easy for them and accessible and that kind of thing. So they can do it themselves. Exactly. Well, and I think that's what a lot of people want these days. Yeah. I mean, obviously, um, if you're a recording artist and you like a style, mm-hmm. you're not looking to crochet a bunch exactly. of hats for everyone in your crew, you know, mm-hmm. to be in a, a video. Right. But um, it's kind of cool to um, to have that, you know, tap into. You have a market of those people who know you're around and you're willing to make a hat, but then to also mm-hmm. be someone out there putting your designs out into the world. And probably you probably get a kick when you see what people have made. Yes. based on your book. Have you seen anything, like, totally funky that you're like, wow, I can't believe that, you know, came from my design? No, I haven't, because the book just came out. Okay. It just came out. And But people who have bought the book from a store have gone to my website and said, I love your hats. I made this hat in three hours, and it's great. And, you know, I wouldn't even have thought that I would love it, but I do, and I made it for someone, you know, so that feels good. Do you encourage people, then, to go to your website and po- post... Uh, post pictures of what they did um i haven't i don't have space for that now but okay. i probably will soon i probably will really soon and just i do want to get like a kind of contest going on in a, a place where people can come and see other work and talk about crocheting and things like that so well i think that'll be really fun and when is your website it is get your crochet on dot com that goes to my site which is natural.com n-a-t-t-r-a-l.com so that is a mix of everything i do Natural stands for natural health, true culture, and real style. All right. Well, I don't know if you have any any advice or any any words of wisdom you want to you know end with, or anything that you want people to know either about you or about your work. Things I haven't asked you. I would say be creative, be innovative, 
um, step outside the box. Don't let people tell you you can't do it because you can. Uh, and trust in yourself and don't stop. And, uh, you know, check out my site. I have a lot of things and I'm going to have a lot of more upcoming things uh, this next year, too. Okay. Well, it sounds like uh, we'll hear more from you as far as health goes. That cookbook sounds great, too. Thanks. That, so that's, you're just, you don't rest, it sounds like. Uh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. My husband, he's trying to get used to it, but hey, I've, I've always been this way. Yeah. You know, I have. Well, it sounds so. like you're happy, and I that's am. that's the thing. I mean, if you're busy, but you're happy, yeah. I mean, more I power to you. I doing what I want to do, you yeah. know. It's, it's okay if you're doing what you love to do. You know, if you're doing what you don't want to do and you have to work all the time, that's another story. Right, but, right. Uh, you know. Well, I wish you the best of luck, and I'm going to enjoy. I'm going to make uh, the hat on the cover next. Um, and Great. I'm looking forward to that. So I, I thank you so much for the effort, you've, you know, for sharing your patterns with the world. I know I was, like, celebrating. I came in the mail, and I was like, I could not wait <laughs> to open this book. And I'm kind of like, I'm like, I showed my husband, and I'm like, yeah, look at this book. And he's just kind of like, okay, you know, I mean, he's just not into crafts. Like, he doesn't really know what a good book compared to a bad craft right, book is. Right, right, right. I mean, it's all craft book to him, you know. But, yeah, I was really, I really love it. So I'm going to be making tons more hats. Thanks so much. All right, thank Okay, you. I'll see you later. Bye. Okay, bye. Thanks to Afia for being such a great guest and also for being so patient and bearing with me as I took forever and a day to finally produce this show. And thanks to all you listeners for sticking with me. Thanks to Taunton Press for allowing me to post a project from Afia's book. And also thanks to Afia for going along with that. Also, check out on the Craft Sanity webpage the pattern for the kinky reggae hat. You can download that on the site. So enjoy. And uh, now that you've heard me gushing endlessly about Afia's book, (laughs) you're going to get a chance to win a copy for yourself. So all you have to do is simply post a comment on the blog, then copy it into an email message to me with your name and mailing address, and I'll get you entered to win. Oh, yes. And very importantly, I don't want to forget this, a special thanks to... Lori in Dallas, Texas, Regina in Newark, New Jersey, and Charlene in Audubon, Pennsylvania. These three ladies supported my show with a donation or a purchase of a t-shirt or pin, even though I wasn't producing shows. So I really appreciate that, ladies. I have two more interviews I taped last year before I start taping a whole new batch of interviews. Who do you want to hear from this year? Um, Let me know. And I want to make this a little more interactive, too. So when you suggest something, please send me also the questions you have for these people. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to let the music play here. So those of you who are interested in the craft portion of the podcast can go on your merry way and tune out. Thank you to everyone for listening. And those of you who are curious about this fitness mission that I was on and what I've been doing recently, stick around after the music and hear a little more about what I've been up to. Craft Sanity, my friends, it works for me. Thanks for listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast with Jennifer Ackerman Haywood. Visit CraftSanity.com for more information about today's guests and links to subscribing to the podcast. Want to support the show? Follow the link to vote for Craft Sanity on Podcast Alley once a month. You can also make a donation or buy goods at the Craft Sanity store. Have a suggestion for a future guest or have other feedback? Email Jennifer at CraftSanity.com. Thanks again for listening to Craft Sanity.
So if you're still listening, that means you're uh, you're interested in hearing about the mission I've been on the last three months. As I mentioned, I'm a reporter for the Grand Rapids Press in West Michigan, and I got an opportunity late last year, or I'm sorry, yeah, late last year, I moved down to the feature department at the newspaper, and it was all planned, my plan to scale back and write about art and craft. I didn't expect at all to have an opportunity to take on this get-in-shape-girl thing and write about it. Um, it turned out to be one of the most humiliating and exciting um, <laughs> experiences of my life so far because the humiliation came when they took the before pictures of me on an exercise bike wearing a ghastly outfit where I'm kind of leaning forward. I mean, you can just imagine what happens. Gravity kind of takes effect, and uh, it's just not good. From that day on, decided that the only way to survive the humiliation of this was to put as much distance between me, my current reality, and that photo. I, I just had to change reality, and so I focused on that. And I have to say, after sweating daily, making healthier food choices, I really was able to surprise myself a little bit. I lost 21 and a half pounds in three months, um, actually defined my arms a little bit. I kind of teamed up with a personal trainer at the Y, a guy named Gary. He has seen me through pretty grueling workouts. Um, he is very tough, and I, at times, did not fully appreciate his habit of kind of laughing, actually not kind of laughing, laughing, when I was struggling to complete the workout. And, um, you know, if anything, it, it made me a little bit irritated, you know, which in turn was motivating because I got a little steamed, got a little ticked off and worked harder. So he kind of knew, uh, I think our personalities meshed pretty well because he knew which buttons to push to irritate me just enough to work harder, but not launch me into full blast rage. So I really <laughs> grew to actually appreciate that talent that he has. It was fun to get an opportunity to uh, try to inspire other people that, look, hey, if I can do this, then you can do this. So when I first, I ran seven miles and was like, well, I didn't run seven miles starting out, but I kind of worked my way up to seven miles and, you know, and then eight and a half. And then after that, I ran like 10 or 12. And then last weekend, I just did the 25K race course as a practice run. And that's like 15.5 miles. And I've never run that far before in my life. And so to be able to bounce back from a couple C-sections and really change my physical appearance in three months. I'm so grateful to have had that opportunity and have had the public support from strangers. Um, heck, some of you listeners found me at work, Googled my name, and sent me email at work encouraging me to stick with this. And um, I really appreciate that because there were times when I thought, man, I have really made a huge mistake. I still miss drinking Pepsi. I will be totally honest about that. I drink uh, mostly ice water now or lemon water, but I am so much happier than I was. And, you know, because I just feel like I'm more alive than I've ever been because I'm running and swimming and just being active. And it's a great stress reliever. And um, anyway, that's what I've been up to these last few months. And for me, it's not a weight thing. I'm not trying to be a certain magic number. I'm just trying to get you know, myself uh, in the best shape I can be. But I'm not doing it to the point where I'm, uh, you know, it's it's not going to take as much time away from this podcast anymore because I've got kind of threw myself into it, committed to it, and gave myself a great head start, and now I just have to figure out the best way to maintain for the long haul. I think, if anything, though, it did give me um, some clarity about what I'm doing on this show because I would, 
you know, guzzle Pepsi before and I would spend about 10 hours a week produce, trying to produce shows and tape things. And I was, you know, working on the website and I was tired all the time. And now I sleep when I'm tired and I eat better and I don't use Pepsi as an artificial, uh, you know, the caffeine to kind of keep me awake so I can produce another show or type something up riddled with typos on the website because I'm so exhausted. So I'm hoping to be more alert and conscious when I produce these shows now. And and the clarity I spoke of earlier is that it showed me that I really, I enjoy this. I really enjoy this. And another interesting thing that happened, um, again, this is a old news if you guys have looked at the blog, but I did an interview with Vogue Australia, with a reporter from Vogue Australia. And um, it's just an email interview. And I've done some of these interviews before with you know, and then I never see the outcome. Like I never know what's going on, especially if it's in another country, the interviewer. So I don't always see what's published, but we got an email from somebody who said, yeah, I was on a plane and I saw a story that had your, you were, you were quoted in, in Vogue Australia. And I'm like, wow, no way that really, it really appeared in Vogue Australia. Cause it, the whole thing, the concept of me being in Vogue, anything was just kind of unbelievable because I am this woman who Usually, if I wear makeup, it's very light, <laughs> and you know I'm not I'm not someone I would consider um, a Vogue kind of girl at all. So I I was kind of blown away by that and uh, really thrilled. I mean, because this is my first big publication note uh, mention. So I would say uh, I've been in, mentioned in a couple other things, but this one was um, pretty significant. So I I was really happy about that, and it just kind of also fuels that whole desire I have to continue to to be a player in this crafty market. I mean, so far I don't get paid to do this show and the donations do help support the hosting fees and all the other kind of behind the scenes nuts and bolts stuff that goes into this. But you know what? I love doing this and it's crazy because I think that when you find something that you do that you love to do, you just got to keep doing it. So that's my plan. I'm going to keep doing this as long as I can and um, I want to make it better. So any suggestions you have, things you like me to do, people you'd like to hear from, let me know. Yeah, so I think that it's been quite a whirlwind these last few months. And um, I'll post some links so you guys can see the evidence, the before and after photos. There's a pretty big difference, I'd say. When someone had written me, and I should address this, someone posted on the blog how I lost the weight, like how I was able to, you know, find the time to do it. And I have to say that, you know, there's a couple things. First, I ate like a bird. So I kind of, I didn't eat till the point where I was full to capacity. And I also made sure that I broke a sweat every single day. So I did something, some kind of cardiovascular exercise every day. And then on top of that, I did strength training three times a week. And the strength training was at least an hour. So, um, you know, and I, for me, everyone has to figure out the best way to, if you're making a change, it's really a lifestyle change and you have to be ready to do it because I needed to do it for a while. You know, I got, ended up pregnant twice and before I was pregnant twice I had let myself get to you know weight where I was I was overweight before I got pregnant so I think that you know that obviously didn't help when I was trying to slim down after being pregnant but for me what I knew was going to work is if I got a personal trainer and what I found is that it's it was a worth the investment because I really wanted to have a partner in this it helps when you have when you go into the gym and you're not feeling so like great and you're like oh man when you're working by yourself, you know, you can just stop doing your push-ups at any point because no one really cares and no one's paying attention. But it's I'm not the type – I don't want people to know that I don't want to quit, like especially not in front of somebody. And also I soaked up as much information from him as I possibly could. Um, you know, I 
he not only showed me how to strength train and get the most benefit out of my workouts, but he also um, taught me how to box, which I absolutely love. And here's the best part. I uncovered the most fabulous detail that his wife crochets. Yes, of course. I always ask anyone I meet if they or someone they know does any kind of art or craft. It's a strange question, I know, but it's one of my top questions that I ask. And I'm always absolutely thrilled when I hear yes. <laughs> and um turns out my trainer is a painter and a writer and, you know, a pretty renaissance himself. So it was just overall a lot of fun. So I recommend that if any of you out there are thinking about, you know, changing your life, whether it be trying to lose weight, get back in shape, start running competitive road races again, I encourage you to do it. I mean, it is hard. The first, the first part when you start training for something, it it's hard to get yourself motivated because it's pretty painful, especially if you're trying to start working out again. It gets it's a little rough. If you can stick with it for at least a month, at that point you're going to start feeling less soreness and it's going to feel more like a routine. And then what happened to me, which I didn't really anticipate, is I got completely hooked on road races. I'm going to do the Riverbank Run here in Grand Rapids and that's a 25k and I think that's going to be a lot of fun. If anything, it's giving me this kind of renewed sense that if I really want to do something, I can do it. And all of us can. You know, it's just like you just have to commit to it. Because one of the things I had to learn the hard way is like I can't do everything. Because I know when I'm doing too many things at once, I nothing really seems to be coming out very well. So, um, alas, some of my shoddy podcasts in the past. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to try to you know, kind of be a little more selective about how I spend my time and, um, and give myself some time. You know, whether that's, you know, my time on the road and I'm running. Um, and I like to feel that competitive spirit run through me as I'm racing the clock and other runners out on those road races. And, uh, you know, it's just, I, I just feel like I have an extra bounce in my step now that I'm feeling healthier. So um, I encourage all of you, you know, if there's some goal you have. One of the things I do and I recommend to everybody is I have a list of things I want to do. I call it my things I must do before I kick off list. And uh, this 25K that I'm going to hopefully run, knock on wood, that I don't get injured on May 12th, I mean, that has been on my list ever since I moved to West Michigan and heard about this race. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'd love to do that race. This will be the ninth year that I've said, oh, yeah, I'd love to do that race. And then I I just never would do it because I wouldn't train for it. And so this year I'm training for it. And it'll be really exciting to cross that finish line. Especially going from this pathetic, chunky girl on a exercise bike back in January to in May, if I can appear as a relatively fit woman who's running and, you know, able to finish this race without collapsing. That's my goal. <laughs> so I hope this is maybe a good reminder for you that, you know, especially the moms out there, I think a lot of times when you step away from the center of the universe, you know, when you have a child and your your child is the most important thing or your children are the most important things in your life, you kind of try to take care of your family and everybody else and, you know, or just wear yourself down or maybe you don't have kids but you're just involved in so many things. Um, it's really easy in the adult world to just kind of lose yourself, you know, especially as time wear, wears on and you might not be on the athletic team you were in high school and, you know, you're kind of look in the mirror and think, geez, how did this happen? Um, we can undo it. It's hard, but you can do it. And um, 
then once you do that, it's a very empowering feeling because you feel like you can do anything. Anyway, it feels great to be back podcasting again. I really missed chatting with all you folks. And thanks again for the email and all the encouragement. I really appreciate that. And I wish you the best. And once again, let me remind you to craft sanity, my friends. It works for me.